Welcome to the Ready Yeti Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. What is going on, Ready Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, host on today's episode. I am sitting down with the managing director of San Diego Hats, uh, John uh, Astleford. John, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. No problem. Good talking to you this morning. Definitely. All right. So for the listener that may not be familiar with San Diego Hats, how would you best describe uh, your, your, your brand to them? Uh, I think that uh, I would say that we're known for fashion and functional headwear product. Um, that's been our history um, over the years since we started the company. Um, since 2012, that's changed a little bit. We're becoming more of a lifestyle brand and adding additional accessory categories like bags and scarves and sunglasses. Um, but if you ask most people out in the market what they know is for, it's San Diego hat and it, we're known as maybe your favorite hat. So you've been involved since uh, 2012, correct? Correct. So tell me a little bit about, like obviously when we do these podcast interviews, most of the time we're doing them with the founders um, this one is a little bit different, which I'm definitely excited to sort of hear your take on things. Um, but can you walk us through sort of the origin story of San Diego hats? I know you said it, you, the business was started in 1993. There's a little bit of a gap between then and when you started, but I'd love for you to sort of walk us through the journey of, of the brand. Sure. Um, we still are in contact with the original owners, but they decided to sell the company in, in 2012. But uh, they started it in 1993, uh, Teresa Gardner and Andrew Bleacher, and they were friends. And they took a trip to Bali, Indonesia, uh, you know, just for fun and travel, which is something they liked and, and surfing. And uh, while they were over there, they came in contact with a lot of the artisans and the handmade products. And they decided to come back over to the States and start to market um, headwear. Um, so they came up with a few designs based on that trip. Um, one of our original hats is a cotton crochet hat that we still sell to this day. Um, and it started just with a few hats and selling to independent retailers, small independent retailers. And that grew over time um, into, uh, you know, in the heydays, four or 5,000 independent retailers, as well as uh, national accounts across the country as well. It's interesting. So the business has some roots, but it's still very much so a small business with a team of about 20 based in the San Diego area. Um, what made you uh, decide to come on board with San Diego Hats? Uh, my parent company had acquired them and uh, owned a couple different businesses in the U.S. and I had worked for different ones. Um, and my background has mainly been in the apparel, wholesale, accessory business. And I was living in Texas at the time. I was familiar with the brand. Um, and when they made an acquisition, they typically will insert an executive into the team just to, uh, you know, make sure they have confidence and trust in what's going on. And they offer me the opportunity to move to San Diego. And it's always been one of my favorite spots on the map. Um, so it was an easy choice to, to say, sure, uh, you know, I'll move out there and take on the challenge. And, um, you know, my vision has been not uh, trying to fix or do better than what the team and brand has done in the past, but to build on that and, and really become more of a lifestyle brand, continuing to do the headwear, 
but we've got, you know, great designers and great product and great distribution. Let's sell um, some other products that, that fit our brand's message. And that's why we've been getting into the bags and sunglasses. And uh, we're now doing home goods as well. That's really interesting. So I'd love to talk a little bit about the dynamic of sort of having a small business uh, that has a parent company and sort of that relationship and maybe some of the pros and cons uh, of having that kind of structure um, with a business like San Diego Hats. So I think that uh, one of the pros would be, you know, when Andrew and Teresa sold the business, they were kind of midlife and had built it from nothing. And, you know, you're kind of on a your trajectory is growth, growth, growth. But then 2008, things started to get a little bit tougher for everybody. Um, and, you know, they were looking to sell and move on to do something else with their lives. Um, and when a, when a bigger company comes in and acquires a smaller company, I think the biggest opportunity was access to capital. So when I talked to you about, you know, my vision was to grow into additional categories. If you're a small company and you're funding that out of your own pocket or maybe with a bank loan, maybe you're a little less aggressive on, hey, let's try to do some other categories that we've never done before. Um, but when you have a parent company that um, has access to capital and wants to fund growth, it makes those decisions um, a lot easier. Um, and so I think that's definitely one of the, the pros of working with a, you know, a bigger company or a parent company. You know, on the negative side, um, you're going to have a lot more oversight and not everything when you're a small company and it's your own company, you can kind of do what you want to do and live and die by that. When you have a, a parent company, there's a board that looks at your decisions and you have a lot more reporting um, and auditing that's required. But, you know, I've done both and they, they both have strengths and weaknesses and pros and cons and you just try to make the best of it. That's interesting. Now, um, talking about things from once you sort of took o or took over, started working with San Diego Hats, um, what have been some of the biggest changes that you've seen? You sort of meant mentioned uh, going into different categories, uh, but I guess I'd love for you to sort of go into more detail um, as to what's changed since 2012 to today. Well, I think for us, the... Um the accessory categories, which is our bags and sunglasses and ponchos and um, scarves, is the fastest growing segment of the business. And that's something we didn't have before. And it becomes more and more meaningful you know, each season to us. Um, I think the other big shift from 2012 was um, 2008, 2012, the independent retailers, a number of those seemed to be on the decline. Um, and so we've invested a lot of money in our direct to consumer website model. Um, and that has been, um, you know, on a big growth trajectory, uh, since we, since we started doing that in 2012, initially outsourced it, but then pulled it in house about three years ago. Um, and I think that's going to continue, um, you know, where it used to be 5% of our business and then or 10 or 12%. You know, now it's moving more towards 20% of our businesses direct to consumer. And of course, with COVID, um, it's even even higher. Um, so I think that's that, that's been the, the biggest change over the past couple of years is um, the growth of the accessories and the, the change from direct to consumer versus the independent small mom and pop retailer out there. 
That's interesting. Now, did your brick and mortar sort of retailers, uh, retail locations, partnerships, have any qualms with you uh, selling more online? Was there any sort of, um, I guess, stepping on toes, or was it is it pretty seamless? Uh, you get a little bit of that, but I think we try to do a couple things. One is we we have a high um, MSRP uh, online, so we're not going to undercut anybody on price. And then the other thing is we don't put all of our items um, on the website. So our lines are very big. Um, we have anywhere from 800 to 1,000 different SKUs each season. So all those are available to the independent retailer, but not all of those are sold online. 800 SKUs? That seems like a nightmare to manage. <laughs> it, it is definitely one of the challenges, but you know we consider a SKU can be a color as well. So we'll have certain styles that may have 15 or 20 different colors within, within the style. That's interesting. Now, uh, I guess uh, a two-part question focusing on, on the manufacturing of your products the first piece being, how do you um, do you lean on your parent company for a lot of uh, connections and resources and in, in sourcing um, products? And in addition to that, with being sort of an outdoor-focused brand, how do you guys keep sustainability sort of front and center as you grow? Uh, we do rely on our parent company to help us with sourcing. We have a, a team over there that. Um, manages a lot of our sourcing. Our parent company does make some of our products, but it's not a significant amount of our products. Um, so, uh, you know, in, in the going forward, I think they want to make more of our products. It makes more sense to be vertical. Um, but we've got so many different products that we do make, um, and we do men's, men's, women's, and kids. And we do them in all types of materials. Um, so we're always going to use, you know, multiple factories. Some in Bali, some in Mexico, some in Asia, um, you know, using both, you know, organic products as, as well as others. Now, has the supply chain been a difficult piece with COVID and everything that's been going on? Uh, it's affected us a little bit. Um, it could have been worse, but our deliveries, uh, our big season is spring, summer, and most of our product was landed in, in our warehouses in, in the States before COVID really hit. Um, so we were fortunate, um, and it hasn't been a huge problem for the business. Interesting. Now, you mentioned that your um, direct-to-consumer online sales are up, uh, but I assume with a lot of the lockdowns, the B2B, the uh, brick and mortar stuff was more hurt. Are you guys seeing sort of a flat level effect? Are you guys up? Are you down? How, how have things really affected you with COVID? Well, our, our online is, you know, huge growth, but the independent retailer and the national account business is uh, significantly down, double digit down. Um, and, you know, we're, Similar to a lot of companies, we'll probably end up the year 20 to 30 percent down over uh, 2019 sales. So it's definitely been uh, a tough, a tough road. And you know, COVID really took effect April, May, June, which is our key selling season for spring, summer products. So um, it's definitely had an impact, and there's sales there that we're not going to be able to make up. But uh, we're hoping that. You know, as we move into fall, which is a, a little bit uh, slower season for us, 
it won't be uh, such a big hit on us. And and from the retailers we're talking to, 2021, um, they're looking to you know get a little bit back to normal. They're they're saying probably anywhere from five to 15 percent less than what they did in 2019. And 2019 seems to be what they're using as their comp comp figures, not 2020. Interesting. Well, hopefully things get back to normal quickly <laughs> for all of us. Um, over the years that you've been with San Diego Hats, what would you say have been some of the biggest mistakes um, that you guys have made? I think the biggest mistakes for us would be uh, inventory that's still in our warehouse. So when you're in a stock business model and having to buy product um, and use cash to do that, um, those are probably the the biggest mistakes and things that remind you that it was a mistake um, daily and weekly and monthly because you have to try to move that product. Um, uh, for instance, would be as we've entered some categories, some have gone better than others, but jewelry was one that we were trying and, and it didn't work out the way we wanted it to. And hence, I have more jewelry in our warehouse than I, than I wish I had. Um, but inventory would probably be some of the biggest mistakes. I guess one of the be benefits of having the parent company is that you can weather those mistakes a little bit better, right? Because if your budget was tighter, you would sort of be in a more precarious situation as a result. No question. You know, and, and that's what I mentioned earlier about having access to that capital. You know, on the flip side would be, you know, some of the categories that we entered like bags, it, it did take cash and, you know, to get inventory and to get into that business. And, and it's worked and we've been able to, to grow and get sales. But uh, so, you know, sometimes it works in your favor. Sometimes it doesn't. But the the my biggest mistakes, I would say, would would be inventory because those seem to, to haunt you a little bit longer than some other ones that you may make. Yeah, no, definitely. So let's, let's talk about the products themselves. What would you say really differentiates? And I guess we can start with the hats specifically. And if there's any other products you want to mention, um, that really differentiates San Diego um, hats as a business and I think that have really helped you guys grow? Well, I think we're known for, um, you know, UPF 50 sun protection. Um, we have an in-house design team as well. So we're working with our manufacturers. We're designing the product. We're not just taking it off the shelf from factories. Um, and uh, a lot of our product is, is packable. Um, so people can travel with it. Um, and we have great quality goods. I mean, we get emails weekly from people that are saying that they're buying another hat from us or they have 10 or 20 or they're replacing a hat that they've worn for 10 years. Um, so it, I think it's, you know, great quality stuff that, that we design that protects you from the sun and you can take it with you, you know, when you travel. You must have the ultimate hat collection. <laughs> I do. I do have quite a few hats in my uh, my closet. That's amazing. Um, so let's talk about the future. Where do you see San Diego hats going in the next year, five years, ten years down the road? Uh, I think that uh, you know the continued growth with the ecom business. Uh, I think that there actually could be some potential for us to do some brick and mortar, um, have some of our own stores. Um, and, and I think the new categories continue to grow for us, uh, and, and you know, and, and just continuing to tell our story, um, and, and do that, you know, now we do a lot more of that through social media, 
and really complete this lifestyle uh, look and feel that we're trying to accomplish, you know, through all our different touch points, through our retailers, through online, through social media, and maybe someday through our own stores. Now, you've been with San Diego Hats for over seven years now at this point. What would you say is one of your favorite parts about um, working um, on San Diego Hats? Um, I think that, uh, you know, we have quality retailers that carry our product. Um, I love working with the team, collaborating with the team on a daily basis. Um, having a fun team is, is exciting because you can do things quickly. It's not like a big, uh, you know, aircraft carrier or something. We can change directions and um, very quickly and respond to things that are happening in the market. Uh, and then just seeing the end consumer wearing one of your products out in the market, enjoying their life, whether it's at the beach or, you know, at the pool or, you know, hiking in the, in the mountains. Uh, it's always fun to see somebody wearing your, your product. Definitely. And, and then I'm speaking for Matt. I know he loves his hat. <laughs> when he was creating his, his first look uh, review of it, he was like, this, I, I didn't think I could obsess over a hat so much. <laughs> but he's awesome. like, yeah, it's great. And, it, and, it, and it's interesting, all the different types of styles of hats that, well, he was saying he never like, considered wearing anything other than a baseball cap. <laughs> right, right. And, and then once he got the products from you guys, he's like, oh, I could actually like, totally see myself wearing this. And it makes it so much more functional. <laughs> awesome. That's a good story. Yeah. Now, um, for anyone listening to this episode before August 6th, you can actually enter to win some uh, San Diego product. Um, just head over to RedYeti.com for your chance to win. And with that, John, I want to um, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast to share your story, the story of San Diego hats, and um, definitely excited to see uh, what you guys do uh, in the future. No problem, Josh. Enjoyed it. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Eddie Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.